Hello, and thank you for joining us on Two Steps Forward and One Step Back. Be sure to head over to our Instagram page, at twosteps.forward. That's the number two, not the word two. And follow us. And with that being said, let's get into this next episode. We're back after a week off. Welcome back to Two Thanks, Steps Forward and One Step Back. It is great to be back. It's great to see you guys again. Uh, I'm really excited about what we've got for this week. Landry, you want to send us off right here? Yeah. So, as you guys all know, um, first of all, I just want to say I'm glad to be back, too. I was really bummed that we, you know, decided to take a week and rest. Like, who needs rest? It's like... <laughs> Apparently, like, rest is important or something. We might have discussed that. Just a tiny bit. Did we spend a week on that? I think we spent a week on that. I feel like we did talk about how rest is important. but We may have spent two weeks on that. I'm not sure. If not, we need to spend it. If not, we exemplified it. So that's even better, you know? Hey, there you go. We're demonstrating it. I'm not exemplifying it right now because I missed y'all. I missed doing this. But we're back, and we're excited. As you guys know, we are all musicians uh we are worshipers we are songwriters and producers and very integrated into the whole music picture i guess you could say so we wanted to spend a week talking about about music and as listeners you guys your first thought may be uh well i'm not a musician i can't play an instrument at least that's what i would think your thought would be uh, but the reality is every single, like, I can confidently say this, this is going to be deep. You ready? Every single person is connected to music somehow. They're tied they're associated with music. Everyone okay. listens to music or loves music. It may not be the same type of music, but every single person I've ever asked of like, Hey, do you listen to music? Everyone listens to music and likes a certain type of music, yeah. even if it's everything from heavy metal to thick country to rap hip-hop to even kids like growing up listening to kids bop or whatever like fun kids music so everyone is somehow tied to music whether you play it or whether you just admire it and listen to it um and so we're gonna talk about why that is and i think we're gonna really um address some really cool stuff so the first thing that we want to kind of enter into this talking about is like what we from the three of us from our own life experience what are some like elements of music that make music what it is why is music so tied to so many people Ooh, can i take this one yeah absolutely go for it awesome yeah no i love what you're saying especially in terms of how all of us can relate to music everywhere in the world i have an aunt who's deaf and she can't hear But at her wedding, and when she listens to music, she'll turn up the bass loud, and she'll be able to feel it through the floor and still personally enjoy music. So even Mm. someone who's deaf enjoying music, and that was one of the just most inspiring things for me of, like, literally everyone. You can go up to anyone and ask, what's your favorite song? And they'll tell you. And it's, I think, one of the most amazing, A, conversation starters, talk about music with people, but B... When you hear something or a piece of music that's gotten someone through a very hard time, 
you're able to understand them in a way you never would have been able to before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a true beauty to that. I have a very good friend of mine. Um, he went through some very hard parts of his life and he shared through me, with me some amazing music he was listening to. It was, it was by the rapper NF. And just a couple of songs after listening to them, I was like, this makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. I understand where this person is, A, coming from, what their pain is. And it, it allowed me to more more beautifully talk to them and talk mm. about these times in their life. So yeah, I've seen music really shape people and everybody from the people who literally cannot sing one note in tune to the people who are like amazing professional musicians playing in Carnegie Hall. So yeah. yeah. And in, in addition to that, I do want to add, um, one of the reasons that is, is that music um, just out of its very nature evokes emotion and mm. Hmm. regardless of who you are, you have emotion. Humans have emotion. And so when there is something that can evoke emotion within us, of course, people are going to be naturally drawn to it because emotion is a very unique experience. And when something can actually influence that or control that or bring you to a certain point of emotion, that is immediately going to draw attention. Mm. And so that's that's one of the reasons I think this this is not just a discussion for musicians it's a discussion for everybody because the opinion of a non-musician is no less valuable than the opinion of a musician when it comes to understanding and experiencing music absolutely absolutely so good yeah i love what luke said about his um experience with was it your grandmother my aunt your aunt okay yeah your aunt like and that's that goes to show like everything that we're saying and why we wanted to discuss this uh this week um so as we've kind of shared some of our own personal experience with music and its effects on people uh and i love what reese like i love what all y'all are saying because it's so true like this element that music communicates things that words can't like and this is why I personally am so passionate about music. This is why Luke and Reese and all of us are so passionate about music. And we've pursued um, kind of a, a lifestyle that's so integrated with music. Yes, we play music. But like Reese was saying, it doesn't matter if you play music or not. You still experience music. You still have an association with music. And so as you guys are listening to this, like reflect on your own about times that music has uh, spoken out to you and kind of led you in a certain direction or made you feel something it's all memorable because like reese was saying it evokes emotion it it we tie ourselves to music in an emotional way to where you listen to music when you want to feel happy you listen to music when you want to feel sad you listen to music when you are happy and when you are sad when you're confused when you're frustrated whenever you're needing to like cope music is where most people go it doesn't matter what genre it is for everyone it's different but it's because it's so much more than just audio wave files that, that your ear is interpreting. It mm. connects to your body, to your soul, to your spirit, to your mind and your heart and your emotions. Like it, And this is God's design for it, which is why I'm so excited to discuss this today. So um, share more about uh, your own personal experience with music and maybe one time where music like radically affected you. Oh, 
And it could just so, it doesn't have to be a like a church. I mean, it can be because most okay, often okay. Christians, that is, but it could just be you in your car after a breakup, just bawling, listening to mm. you know some whatever whatever comes mm. to your mind. Yeah. So first of all, and this is slightly off target, but I will I will bring it back on target with this answer. Um, I was in a class for this theater group I was a part of, and this class was taught by a movie student years ago. And one of the first things he taught us, so interesting, this guy was supposed to be teaching this like goofy little musical theater class. And he was, but he also talked a lot about church music philosophy and other things like that. And it was so interesting. It was so clear. He was a moody student too. Like the stuff he was talking about, he's like, oh man, you're a moody student. And it was great. So interesting. So got into his class, started learning. And one of the first things he talked about was heart music. Just like a heart language, everybody has music that they're able to associate with and that speaks to them in a way that other music can't. And I think that's really beautiful for us as musicians and for non-musicians to know. So me, for instance, love the classical side of music. It took me a while to appreciate the more popular style of music. It took me a while. And I've seen other people for it to be the reverse or other styles of things. And that's why, for me personally, like I've seen so many people who, like, for instance, hard metal, I couldn't relate to that until I started talking to people who listened to hard metal music and really mm. related to certain struggles. And they would play it for me and they would explain this thing or this thing shows me. And it it reminds me of this place in my life that I was at, or it helps me process this emotion. And it was, it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. Every style of music from rap to hip hop to pop, anything like that, really does depict that. I remember one time I was, well, for me, I have so many different genres of music I like because of the fact that I know that. It's almost like being bilingual with music. I love different styles or genres mm-hmm. of music. And there's so many places in my life that I just think back to when I hear a certain style or a piece of music. There is um, a song, I think by Lucas Graham called Seven Years Old. Yep. And I always think back to driving with my brothers to youth group. And we would blast that song as we were going. And we had a, a couple other songs like that. And we just would think, I think back to those times a couple of years ago when we would we'd be really close and we'd be having fun and playing youth group games and going there and getting into the Bible and really learning about the Lord. So stuff like that. Or I have other songs that just really bring back that emotion of, um, of beauty and longing. And um, so, yeah, that's just a couple things for me that I've really found in terms of that. Yeah. Um, as far as my personal experiences with music, I mean, one of the earliest uh, styles of music that I discovered that I loved was worship music. Um, and I've, I definitely think that is my heart music to an extent, simply because it's the only kind of music I can write. I've tried writing other things. I cannot do it. I can only write <laughs> worship music. I've tried. It's I write terrible stuff when I try to write things other than worship music. Like, I wouldn't produce any of those songs on my life. Um, I, but as far as the stuff I listen to, the stuff I go out of my way to find and listen to, some of it's worship music. But a lot of it is stuff that falls in the area of folk or country um, uh, or jazz, which are very different styles. Um, uh, But for me, a lot of that comes from the fact that I just I enjoy music for whatever reason, those musical styles um, just they evoke glee, just this sheer, almost giddy happiness. Um, And uh, so 
part of that, uh, especially with uh, jazz, comes from how much I absolutely love to see what other musicians come up with um, and to see the creative side of other people. Um, and so, like, even just the one moment where I, like, was so in intricately connected to a piece of music was probably an experience we had earlier this semester or this past or later this past semester rather um when there were about eight of us up in one of the rooms in uh fitz hall uh we were just playing some jazz blues music and i was having the time of my life i could not stop playing music luke you were there <laughs> we tried to leave about five times and i kept getting on some instrument i think i, I had to drag not. him out of the room it was it was yeah but so for me um i'm not naturally a very expressionistic person but the music i love is the stuff that brings me to the point of expressionism love to see it yeah so for me um there are two um two things one is an experience the other one is like a kind of a purpose that i found through music so the experience was passion conference 2020 um can't get much bigger much better <laughs> more uh, memorable than that it was mm -hmm. the last passion conference that they had before covid and so now everything's different and it probably won't be the same but i was in atlanta in the mercedes-benz dome hmm. with i don't know somewhere you know just above or below a hundred thousand other people i don't even know how many people but like the stadium was full i don't know how many it seats but passion conference i was there live on new year's eve so literally counting down i was in the stadium we were worshiping as the clock hit zero and we were listening to good grace by hillsong and like all church like elements aside it was less of like a church worship environment and more of a created being experience, if that makes sense. Mm. It's not that it was apart from the church worship context, but that it was so much more than that. Like when we think about worship, most of the time we think of the weekend, week out, weekend services where you go to church with your family, you sing worship songs in your church. But this was an experience that was what worship really is supposed to be and what is designed to be this was an experience of me as a created being doing what i was created to do with a hundred thousand other created beings doing what they were created to do Ooh. it was this it was this experience that this out-of-body experience where i was like this is what i was created to do and i'm doing it with a hundred thousand other people that were created to do the same thing and it was like, I, I mean, I don't even have words. Like, if you can just try to imagine that experience or if you've had an experience like that where you're like, I'm doing something that so many people never do in their life and never experience, never realize that that's what they're created to do. And so it was just an incredible experience to be like, I'm going into a new year. I am in a season of time, of history with all these other people and we're lifting, glorifying the name of God as we were created to do together. So I like mm. that was probably the single most uh, indescribable experience with music that I've ever had. Yeah. Because 
I was using music or participating in music the way it was designed to be participated in. Mm. And it's so much more than just church worship. It's bringing glory to God, which I think the reason I make that distinction is because, yes, church worship is bringing glory to God. But I think our our country's plausibility structure has desensitized the definition of worship to where we only think of it as, you know, some songs that we talk about or sing about, you know, at church every weekend or something. No, it's it's a way of life. It's what we were created to do. And it's a participation, yeah. not just an ex, like an experience. And so um, the other thing is kind of a purpose that I had coming from music. And this was younger. This is before that passion experience. But growing up in middle school and high school, I grew uh, like like Reese was saying, where um, it evokes emotion. Kind of as I've grown up and developed more artistic ability and skills with fine arts and visual arts and media arts, whether that's graphic design or photography, videography, music, all of these things, <clears throat> I kind of have one purpose with all of them, and that's to capture moments and communicate emotions to. Uh, one, bring glory to God, but also to love others well. And so I've said in previous episodes, my biggest drive as an individual is to love others well, to make them feel seen, Mm. known, and heard. And through writing music, through leading worship, through experiencing music and participating in music with other people, that's such a way to make them feel seen and known and heard. Like when you've ever been in your car or anywhere and heard a song and someone sung a line of lyrics and you're like, that's what I was just thinking, or that's what I feel. Like you resonate with those lyrics, like like they're singing it to you, or like like they're singing your thoughts, or they're singing your heart. Yeah. And so mm. that element of music is something that, from a very young age, I just dove head into because I saw that as an outlet to to connect with people, to express myself, and to make other people feel like they were understood and known and heard and loved. And so. That's just kind of why I'm so passionate about music and take all making music and playing music aside, even just listening to music. That's why I love it because I can relate to other people through that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm okay. uh, I think that that's important to talk about God's design for music. That's, I mean, that's what he's created us to experience. Um, that's why he created music. He created music for us to be able to express our own feelings and to relate with one another, to connect with mm-hmm. one another and to, admire him to grow an affection for one another and for him through music yeah yeah totally and so i mean that i think that goes to show too that even in the the christian context or the church context for community and for us as individuals i think music is a huge element for our spiritual growth and for our communal growth to to connect with others, but also to connect with God. So this, if we're talking like vertical and horizontal relationship, I think music is a huge element of that. And I think that's God's intention. Like clearly we can know God without music, but he's given us music to know him better through the way that we connect with others and the way that we connect with him through music. Yeah, totally. And I mean, pop. Yeah. go for it. Can I pop one more experience in there that just hit me? So I was back in 2019, I went to a camp and amazing amazing time and we just had a worship time one guy up there with a guitar singing worship songs and a whole room of people 
and all of them were musicians. We were all singing. Everybody was singing harmonies. And it was glorious. And I just remember this time of so many different people from different walks of life doing different things. Um, some were out in the back dancing. Some of them had like big canvases out and that were drawing and writing. And some of them were in their journals. Some of them were off to the side, barely even singing. Some of them were up in the balcony, just looking over the whole room. Some of them were taking pictures. People were doing all sorts of different things, but we were all worshiping Christ together. Yeah. And it was one of the most beautiful things ever because it was just such an accurate depiction of what the body of Christ is yeah. coming together and worshiping together. Literally one guy up there with a guitar steps back from the mic and it's just all of us singing as a giant. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. beautiful. So anyway, and that if, dawned on me. Yeah. And that being said, you know, like this is specifically today, we're focusing the conversation around music, but at the same token, worship itself is not necessarily music. And that's one of the things I think is often misconstrued to a lot of people in the church is that, you know, worship is music. And the reason that comes about is because so often the worship section of a service is purely music, but it's never addressed that worship can be things outside music. Absolutely. That's just, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that, but it is something I want to recognize as well, just coming out of that story. Absolutely. And I think a sub-element of that that I want to address really quick is that not only do we always think that worship is only music, but oftentimes we think that worship is has to be a intentional, conscious effort to, like, like, directly praise god and it is and that's what's the crucial element of worship but we can worship god through just exercising the gifts and talents and abilities that he's given us for example artists artists are worshiping god by breathing i mean we we all humans even unbelievers are worshiping god by breathing because we exist and our simple existence is bringing glory to him so i think that's a huge um element of worship that we we got to remind ourselves of is there's an intentional uh, there's an intentional element of worship but there's also an unintentional element of worship and mm. i think that we can't kind of confine music to this or confine worship to this little box of music alone yeah it's through music and other things but it's also unintentional and i think yeah, that's a really totally. element that i love being reminded of so yeah, yeah totally and at the same token though um Something that I feel like uh, we do also need to recognize, you know, yes, there are all these other forms of worship, but we are called to worship God in song together as a congregation. That's one of the things that I find very important, especially as a worship leader, is that this actually gets done. Um, Like if you look at Psalm 34, verse 3, it says, glorify the Lord with me. Let Let us exalt his name together. It is a communal act that exists for the purpose of glorifying God as a congregation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's very important. And I think that's something that's often forgotten. Um, and there's a value in all forms of worship, but there's also a value in congregational worship, um, yeah. specifically in musical form. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to have a little fun section. I think I think I'd love to do this with as many episodes as we can, kind of have a section of the podcast where we introduce a hot take. Um, okay. I go to a I go to a Bible study for young adults down here in Texas called The Porch, and they're going through a series right now called uh, it's like 
hot take summer or whatever. It's like a summer series on hot takes. And I just remembered how fun that would be, or I just thought of how fun that would be if we did it in the podcast. So with each okay. episode, if we can find a hot take, we'll implement it. But this episode's hot take is going to be, does all music bring glory to God or just Christian music or like worship church music? What do you guys, what are your thoughts on that? Interesting. Uh, I mean, first thing, no specific music style is incapable of bringing glory to God. I think that's something that needs to be recognized. Um, but at the same token, there is music that does not bring glory to God. For example, music that intends and exists to defame God. That doesn't mean the music style defames him, but if you're including the lyrical elements, there is music that exists to defame God or to de-glorify God, and that doesn't glorify God. And I think that's an important element. So often this conversation can be chalked up to just music styles. But if we want to talk about music as a whole, there is music that does not bring glory to God. Hmm. I don't think I, I could have said that any better. I think you just nailed it on the head. In the first you summed it up right there. <laughs> just oh, off, man. Off. That's it. Goodbye, guys. That's the end of the podcast. Wow, way to drop the mic. No, but I think, yeah. Luke, what are your thoughts? Oh, no. I, I Dude, I think you summed that up so well. Like, I don't think I could have summed it up any better. I'm speechless because literally that's everything I believe. Like, that's my philosophy, too, about music. Like, we've established all music brings glory to God because he created it for us to exactly. express and to resonate with and to interact with and participate in. And so it all brings glory to God, but there is a certain element that dishonors God, that devalues it's the nature of sin corrupting something which God created. Exactly. Ooh, which what, yes. Which is what everything in the world does in a broken world. Mm-hmm. So I think yep. music doesn't have to be church Christian music to bring glory to God. Oh, although yeah. Christian music brings direct praise to him, which we were talking about. That's the intentional element of worship. And yeah. then there's the other side of the pendulum where there's the intentional dishonoring of God through explicit content, through inappropriate content, through uh, a pursuit of worldliness through music. Yeah. And I think that music in itself inherently doesn't do that. But I think that it's the corruption, like you were saying, of humans adding sinful lyrics or adding sinful messages through their songs. But, yeah. yeah. You nailed it on the head. I just yeah. was elaborating. Yeah. But then, like, at the same token, something else that I think um, isn't even con- isn't considered quite as much, and this is something I've, I, I've encountered a lot in one of my, uh, my parents' church uh, back home in Wisconsin, um, is that music does not even need lyrics to bring glory to God. For example, uh, God gives Christian musicians musicianship and music skills and the art of pursuing that and perfecting that is in and of itself a pursuit of worship Mm -hmm. by practicing and perfecting the skills god has given them to then turn them back to glorify him so for example a composer who's been given composing skills by god who pursues the art of composing effectively and well in order to praise God by using these skills is still worshiping God through music, even though the music lacks lyrics. Yeah. Hmm. And that goes to the unintentional element of worship. That's what I was saying earlier. Like take, take music aside. For example, if you are an accountant, you're genius with numbers and algorithms and statistics and analytics, 
and you do that to your best of your ability, you're worshiping God by utilizing the talents and abilities he's given you. And that's the one thing that my parents have always taught me growing up is like, whatever you do, do it with the glory of God or do it for the glory of God. And you're living within his will for your life. You're bringing him glory and worship and honor through that. If you're doing it in a way that honors him, not a dishonoring way, if you're not using it to kind of exploit others or to take advantage of others or to dishonor others or something like that. So this is actually, I want to bring up a thought here. Um, So you said like, say say we have a non-Christian accountant um, who's very good at what they do, very well practicing. Um, You say that by practicing their worshiping God, I want to challenge the word. Um, I would say they're glorifying God as the creator unintentionally which is a little different than worship. I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't specify unbeliever or believer. I know. I'm just saying like from an, unbe- like suppose this is an unbeliever. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. This it's is, this is, yeah, it's yeah. a different conversation. And that's something I wanted to point out is that if we're talking unbeliever, they still do glorify God as a creator unintentionally by right. show, by exemplifying the quality of person that he can create and has created. Right, I agree. Thanks for clarifying that, because that's definitely that's what I meant to say. I like what you touched on, Landry, about an accountant being able would be worshiping God um, through numbers, through doing what he does, through being a craftsman of God. Um, case in point, I was on vacation with my family in Michigan last week, and we got back. And that day, I had so I, I teach trumpet. I teach a number of trumpet students, and my trumpet students dad texted me and he said, Hey, I'm flying up in a plane tonight, um, private plane. If you'd like to join me, feel free. And I was like, definitely. I want to fly around. That'd be so cool. And it was amazing to see as we took off in this plane and how he explained things to me. And he was teaching me all about these things, how amazing he took an opportunity like that. He, we talked about the gospel. We talked about faith. We talked about Mm. so many different things. And he explained to me how that was one of his best ministries and the way that he teaches being a pilot and flying planes to people. And when people come, you'll have like upwards of 40 hours in a plane with them. And so you have so much time to talk about faith and to just really grow. And it's so cool to see something like that being used to glorify God. And where they go? Like you can't get away from (laughs) (laughs) it. Dude, that guy's a genius. He's like, I'm going to go fucking this plane. They can't go anywhere. because Exactly. You're trapped now. Oh, you man. have to listen to the gospel. That's amazing. That's so good, though. And that's just, like, that, that's just an encouragement to you guys as our listeners that if you, if you feel a desire in your heart out of an affection and a knowledge of the Lord to pursue holiness, to pursue ministry, to bring glory to God, it's not... You don't have to be in a vocational church context. Like, yes, yes, that's great. But just realize that whatever you're doing, you can totally bring glory to God. You can come on gospel in whatever you're doing. And so this is a total side tangent. Yeah. Encouraged by that. Whatever you all are doing, do it right now with the zeal and passion of the Lord and a desire for it. And find ways in whatever you're doing to, one, bring glory to God and worship him, but also to minister to others. Yeah. We we need ministers out in the world. We need ministers in all of these different contexts, in the piloting, the aviation scene, in the medical field, in the, you know, the uh, government, the political scene, uh, in judges and attorneys and lawyers and 
everyone like we need ministers out in the world yeah not, come on and that not not just trapped in the church like because yes people that come to the church need to be ministered and shepherd but we also can do that we can go to them we can be out in mm. it so thanks for saying that luke that's such a great encouragement yeah that's so, what i think is that oh what were you? no go for it okay i was just gonna say so a sub element of this hot take going back to does all music bring glory to god in the worship context one thing that i've had a lot of um really good conversations with people about is if if a a worship song was written and then later on down the road it is in a sense some people would say devalued or basically deauthorized by the writer either denouncing their faith or like deconstructing as that's a new you know church term for someone who like basically denounce their faith or deconstructs their faith or basically yeah. goes back and says, Hey, that's not true. Or I don't believe that. Is that song now ineffective for mm-hmm. bringing glory to God or for ministering to other people? If that was originally in a worship song that was written and then later on down the road, either they denounce their faith or the writer becomes heretical with other elements. Is this one song now ineffective? Hmm. Well, here's the one thing I always end up having to, I've got a couple people in my church um, uh, who have, uh, you know, have issues with this and have things like this, especially one of the most common uh, churches that a lot of people have issues with is Bethel. Um, And Bethel puts out a lot of really good music. Um, And one of the things that I almost always have to tell people is um, take a look at the lyrics if you can find anything in the lyrics that you find to be heretical, then come back to me. But if you can't find anything in the lyrics that is uh, heretical or does not bring glory to God, anything that's wrong, anything that should not be in a worship song, as far as the lyrics go, if you can't find anything, then I think that needs. To, then I think the conversation doesn't necessarily need to go any further, because as long as those elements are still there, as long as everything is in there is still an element of truth, then I see no reason why the song should be taken out. Maybe when the event is fresh, it should be taken out just out of respect for the people in the congregation, maybe having, um, maybe needing time to actually grapple with this on their own time and actually figure out their belief on this. But ultimately all truth is God's truth regardless of who wrote it and where they are now our all truth is god's truth Mm -hmm. and so i believe the song as long as it is true is still fine yeah yeah that's good i believe we do have to be careful with that i like how you did put that disclaimer in in that if something just happened um being being sure because we want to make sure that these songs aren't a stumbling block for people in the congregation yes that's a big thing too um especially with some of the things that has been going on and put out and all the craziness that can happen in the church, making sure that we're really in tune with our congregation and that these songs are not causing people to stumble as big um, or is not just a hard, because it it can be hard to worship to those songs for some people. So doing stuff like that, I think if if you can, like switching around some of the words, if there's some stuff that are wrong, I've heard people with what a beautiful name and stuff have have problems with the second verse. And so I've simply like found found some simple way to rewrite it or change like reckless love into sovereign love or stuff stuff like that. Um, And find different things like that where you can, um, again, all truth is God's truth. 
really proclaim the truth of Christ through music. Yeah. Because honestly, all of us are flawed. Nobody's perfect. And it can't, it's not going to be like, oh, okay, well, this person did this sin. That means we can't use their music. This person, everybody's flawed. So yeah. ultimately, we have to, yes, we have to do that. But yeah. yeah. But absolutely, I totally agree with you. You know, be sensitive to the congregation, sensitive to like some congregations will be rocked harder by certain people falling away. Like there are some congregations, some churches that may be like if some one person in Hillsong who wrote a lot of songs, say one person in Hillsong falls away, that will hit some congregations harder than others. And so varying based on congregation to congregation, church to church, the response will have to be different. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. I think the DNA of the church is a huge thing to do and really making sure that as pastors, as worship leaders, you have people in the church that you can talk to and trust to have those honest conversations, people who aren't like biased towards some way or the other, but you can really talk to and get a read on what the congregation feels and thinks about this thing. Yes. Also having a congregation that knows that they have the right to call you out, to hold you accountable. Because yeah. as a body, the, the pastors of the church are a um, part of the, the community of believers. And so you need to have uh, the, the body of the church um, constantly kind of verify what you're teaching and, and point it back to Scripture. And so, like, what I was going to say back to what Luke was saying, the bottom line is, Every song has been written by an imperfect human that is broken in a sinful world. And so they're not going to be perfect. They're going to fall short. And so the biggest, I think, foundation of when we're as, if we're listening to this as believers, um, that we need to keep in mind is if, if God's truth, or if truth is God's truth, and he's given us his word of truth, which is the Holy Bible, then everything needs to go back to the Bible. Whether it's a message that a pastor is preaching, whether it's a song that was written as a worship song or a Christian song, bring it back to Scripture. Always, like, Scripture is our standard for everything in life. And so the Bible is where truth is found. Truth is absolute. It's not relative. It's absolute, and it is the Word of God. And so, like Reese was saying, nailed it on the head there again, it's not about the writer. It's about what's written. It's about the message. Are the lyrics backed up with scripture? Do they align with scripture or do they not align? Mm-hmm. If, if it doesn't matter, like Gunger, I don't know if you guys have heard of Gunger. They wrote uh, beautiful things, which is this song about being beautifully broken. Like we're broken. He brought us out of the dust. He cleaned us up. He made us his. That is a beautiful song that is essentially the gospel. And that does align with scripture. Yet later on down the road, they denounce their faith. They become uh, agnostic. They say, no, that's all false. We denounce all of that. But does that mean that that song is now false? No, it doesn't. Because those lyrics, those words are independent of the writer. Because it's all God. It's all God breathing out those lyrics through the writer. God used it just like he used Paul to write those letters to the church. It's not Paul's words, it's the Spirit's words in Paul, through Paul, because it is God's breathed word. And so I'm not saying that worship songs are the Bible. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit speaks through these people. 
it's not the people in the first place that are writing the song. It's the Lord. So unless it's not the Lord and it's heretical. So that's why you just got to take the lyrics of these songs. And I think they still can be effective because if you take the song, let's say someone hears the song, they have no idea who the writer is. They don't know if they're heretical or not. They don't know if they've denounced their faith, but they hear the song and they're saved by it. Because the lyrics align with scripture, the lyrics proclaim the gospel, they proclaim proclaim truth. So I agree with you guys totally in the sense that there's different elements, but basically it just has to be backed up with scripture. Yeah. Is the message the true message of the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. And is it going to stir the affections of the believer? Is it going to minister to those people? Is it going to yeah. point them to the truth of the gospel and of the Lord? So, yeah. Yeah. Come on. So to close this out, let's talk about how we, whether we are musicians or we're not, how can we use uh, music to uh, minister to others or how can we effectively communicate with others and appreciate each other's music and kind of participate in this whole music context together? Yeah. I mean, the first, uh, uh, like going to the, uh, the appreciate each other's music, um, that is a very like that i feel like that's not a difficult bridge to cross especially in how opinionated the world is right now um you know it's the same concept as being able to appreciate someone else's opinion you know like you the three of us obviously you're going to have disagreements on various different things but i can appreciate your opinions on everything it's the same concept when it comes to appreciating each other's music you know I recognizing that it's especially music is an it's an opinion based thing. Preferences, especially music, are opinion based, and recognizing that other others' opinions are valid. Um, specifically, when it comes to recognizing the uh, validity of other people's church music preferences, that again comes back to: is it true? You know, and if you can appreciate the truth, then it doesn't matter the music style it's presented because you should be able to appreciate truth no matter if the form it's delivered in. Mm -hmm. I think of it like languages. Um, Each of us has different languages that we speak. Um, Of course, a lot of us speak English, a lot of us speak Spanish, Italian, um, so many different languages. I'm I'm kind of biased to Italian. I'm married (laughs) not be Italian. But um, (laughs) all of us have different languages we speak, and we need to be able to appreciate those different languages. We're not going to discriminate on on another person for speaking a different language. And I think it's the same thing with music. All of us are going to look at different styles and genres of music. And even within genres of music, we're going to take certain songs or certain genres like subgenres and really appreciate those and i think it's part of the beauty of music is just listening to other people's opinions like you said and types of music and just being able to relate to them and talk to them about that because there's a really beautiful and almost magical thing that happens when you're able to talk about a certain music that you both appreciate and really discuss that or talk about how it makes you feel or what message you got out of it so yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to in order to appreciate someone else's music and understand their language, you have to desire to. You have to mm. see it as a language you don't know how to speak or a language you don't understand as, you know, as Luke was explaining it as. But you you have to desire to understand them. You have to desire to um, 
to receive their expression, to receive their their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, because that they're expressing that through their own music. And so that's how we connect with one another when we desire not to listen to the type of music they listen to, but desire them as a person. Why do they like this type of music? What are they expressing through listening to this music or resonating with this or playing this music? Me and Luke had a conversation one time. I don't know what Luke was doing, but I was driving in the car when we had this conversation on the phone just a couple of weeks ago about how we, and, and Luke mentioned this earlier in this episode, uh, just a few minutes ago, how he started out on the, the, the theater kind of classical fundamental side of music and has now started swinging more to the, the pop side, the more mainstream uh, side of music. And I started on the opposite end of the spectrum. So we kind of talked about this, how we started on opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, I was more a musician by ear. I was fluid, kind of more with, you know, whatever I figure out. I play pop, kind of mellow pop, alternative, whatever works. And he was on the, you know, other side. And we kind of both have swung to each other's direction in appreciation and a love for these other elements. For me specifically, it was in the context of jazz. Luke has always loved jazz. I used to, to be honest with you, like quite frankly, I hated jazz because... Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) And I've done a lot of research on jazz because I've wanted to understand this language, as Luke would say more. I've, I've wanted to learn how to speak this language, how to read this language, how to understand the language of jazz because... And I've learned that, and we talked about this, jazz, for example, is more of a, of a how, do, how do they word it? Like a player sport, or I mean, a player genre. It's, it's the, the musician's genre to express themselves. It's more of a spectating yeah. genre versus a participating genre. You know, the songs that, you know, some people like the top chart hits, the pop songs that people jam out to their car in is because the lyrics might be shallow, but they're super catchy. They're easy to sing along to. They're easy to understand. So it's more of a participation that the listener is having versus jazz is a more of a spectation. You're, or, is that a word? Spe- spectation? That's it I mean. is now. It's a word now. It's a word now. I just made it one. It's more of a, a where you're spectating as the listener. You're watching the musician express themselves. And so it's cool, basically, like, like to, to close it out, it's cool to now learn how to desire uh, to understand someone else's point of view, uh, someone else's thoughts and feelings as they're being expressed through different genres of music. So as you guys are like enjoying music, think about these things, um, understand these things and like challenge yourself to, to understand someone, someone else's point of view, challenge yourself to, think more intentionally about not only the music you're listening to and whether it's honoring God or dishonoring God, but also how you can be more uh, intentional with music in your life. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. This is amazing. Welcome back again to Ulysses. It's been great to have you. It's great to be back. (laughs) Thank you. All right. See y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for joining us on Two Steps Forward, One Step Back. Be sure to join us next week. New episodes drop every Saturday at 12 p.m. CST. We'll see you next time.